Welcome to the Women Empower podcast, where women entrepreneurs share their stories, struggles, and accomplishments. We are here to listen to women in all walks of life, from starting a business to running million-dollar companies, from personal to business, and everything in between. Let's get started. Here's your host, Brie Logue. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Moment of Power podcast. I'm your host, Brie Logue. Today, we have Lindsay McDonald. She is a renowned speaker, sought-after sought after cancer coach and celebrated author. She has a successful 24-year career as the owner of a nationally recognized interior design firm, then diagnosed with cancer, confined to a wheelchair, and told that she only had three months to live. Lindsay courageously changed the course of her future and has gone on to thrive through eight years of cancer. Today, Lindsay is a powerful cancer coach and the voice of a revolution of cancer patient care. Her best-selling book is called Your Dance with Cancer, Steps to Maximize Your Chance of Survival. Thank you so much for being here. Let's stay, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So to start off, I always like to ask a little bit more about you and what you're currently doing. So what I'm currently doing is working with a lot of cancer organizations. They refer people to me for coaching with their patients. And I'm also a part of um, the same organizations doing outreach and a lot of other things, as well as writing books. And I even have a side thing of writing kids books. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So before we kind of dive into what you're currently doing, how did you become an entrepreneur? I was not good at working for people. I just had too much spirit and too many things that I wanted to do. And I wanted to be in control over what I was doing every day. And so after a number of careers, um, when I was 34, I decided to become an interior designer. And I went back to school for it. And I had just done my kitchen, which is what sort of spurred that um, knowledge. And and my eight-year-old son, I had said to him, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he had said to me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, an interior designer. First time the words ever came out of my mouth. So I went back to school for a year. It was a three-year program, but I got pregnant with twins at the end of the first year and opened my own business. And it has been a It was an incredibly good business, career, enjoyable, joy, fun, everything. That's awesome. And then your diagnosis hit. Is that kind of what changed that? Yeah. My diagnosis uh, eight years ago, the reason it changed it was a couple of things. One, I didn't like the way that the healthcare system was treating patients. It just became very apparent to me that there was a better way to do this. So my energy not only started going for to heal myself, which I still carry a, a full load of cancer, but um, to help others. And that's where my energy started going. The reality is I did the same thing as an interior designer. I helped people find what made them comfortable, powerful in their environment. But the call for 
working with cancer patients was just much greater than the design field. Yeah, I can definitely see that, right? You're in that world. So you can see firsthand what everybody's going through and actually help them through that journey. And since I had to go through so much during that journey, it just naturally turned into a book. It turned into coaching. It turned into a very serious amount of knowledge in the cancer world. And I'm really lucky because I get to I get to deal with a number of cancer patients. And I also get to deal with these organizations that are making a huge difference. That's awesome. I love that. And now the medical care system is just a crazy place. My mom has um, a rare spinal disease called ALD. So she'll be wheelchair bound um, within the next couple of years. But yeah, she just told me last night that her doctor that she's working with, and she's like one of the only very few people in the world have her disease. She was getting into my doctor working with five years is up and moved, you know, so now I have this new doctor that has absolutely no idea what it is or what we're doing. It's so unfair. Right. That's awesome. I, I feel very bad for her. Right. And so Especially she has to go through when, the whole thing again. You know, the least they could do is have a conversation with you about where other specialists are or where they did their training so you can find them. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Now she's um going to a research facility. So she's going to, they're starting to help her or they're, they said that they don't promise to help her, but she's hoping that she can one day help other people by doing um, the research stuff for them. So that'll be cool. It's great. <laughs> it's such a mission for me. I love that. So let's talk about that mission. Okay. So we're just going to skip over my questions today because I really want to just dive in. I think what we're talking <laughs> about. Um, so you're so passionate about helping people how, where did that first come from? Um, when did you first realize like, this is going to be my thing? And it's this a great is my question because it really happened when I opened my business for interior design. And for the first four years, I felt like the world was on my shoulders. I wanted to make sure that everything was always perfect for, you know, that the end project, not only would they like it, but their friends would like it. The reality with that is you cannot control what everybody's going to think. But I went to a seminar that sort of shifted my um, my outlook on it. And what it did during the seminar was it really showed me what I am good at. I have good taste. The projects were going to turn out fine. But what I am excellent at is communicating with clients and holding them and giving them, working with them to create, in that case, it was the right environment. But that um, skill of really being able to listen, to understand, no judgment, no nothing, gave me this incredible ability to connect with people. And I've taken that piece of it and brought it right into the cancer work. And that is, it's even more important in the cancer work. Though in the interior design work, a client that I'd had 24 years earlier, um, actually 20, 20 years earlier, said to me uh, when they heard I had cancer, let me take you to lunch. I had not spoken to them in 20 years. And I was like, that's so nice of you. Um, Okay. And they said, Lindsay, 
The reason we're doing this is because of the relationship that you forged with us, not because you did our bedroom and we're appreciative, but because you really got to know us and we want to honor that. I love that. And that's actually one of my favorite things about small businesses too, or being an entrepreneur in general, is that I never really realized the importance of small businesses or like actually creating relationships with people until I became an entrepreneur. Because before I'd always, you know, just like go to Walmart to grab things. But now I'm like, oh, my friend has a soap shop. I'm going to order from her. Or all oh, my friend has, you know, does this thing, you know, I'd rather order it from her. And building those communities and building that relationship with people is definitely my favorite part of entrepreneurship too. And, and even though some of my clients die these days, um, it's still, I wouldn't give up one second of it. No. Yeah, it's going to be so hard to deal with, you know, you don't know how the end result is going to be. It doesn't feel hard. No. It feels, I really do feel honored with them to be on this journey with them and to give them some comfort. I mean, one of the things sometimes we talk about is death and what it's going to look like. I mean, the reality is I can work with their attitude. I can direct them to plenty of places. Cancer has a bit of a mind of its own. And so I may not be able to prevent their ultimate outcome, but I sure as hell will make it better. And that's a wonderful thing. It is, right? Helping people along that journey. So entrepreneurship has many ups and downs, but I'm sure so does the health industry as well when somebody's going through that fight. How do you, what's your advice when somebody's having a hard day? I love this. So, and this is really a combination of um, my interior design work and my work today. I truly believe in the power, and I'm going to use this word, but it's not religiously meant, of a sacred space. So a sacred space is a place or a conversation or a walk where you feel completely yourself, where you can be and you are nourished, whether it's through music or for just being in this space or from a an open conversation with somebody who loves you and respects you. And you, you combine all of them together and you actually can sink into not only a place of comfort, but a place of nourishment and a place to gain your power back. Because for most of us, when we have a hard day, it's We've lost some of our um, feelings that we can do anything, right? And from that place, you really can build yourself back up again because you don't have any distractions. You are in a place that is set up for you. And that is a glorious place to be. I was like, yeah, usually when I'm, that's the first thing when you say, like, go outside and go for a walk. And that's exactly where I feel my best. And whenever I'm like, oh, I have really, I'm struggling today. It's like, I just need to get outside and go and sit in the sun. That's the only thing that like really revives me. And for other people, it could be staying in bed the next day. And the part of it is having no judgment about what you're doing. Just being able to listen to 
your interior heart, your authentic place, not being scared to dive into that. And there's nothing that is as powerful. I use it with cancer patients because even if we can't control the medicine all the time, we can control the feeling of hope and motivation and belief because from that sacred space, you can feel your power and you can believe that you can make a difference in your cancer care. You said something really powerful that struck me there. You said no judgment. And that is something that I have struggled with for so long. I'm finally better at it now, but for so long, I'd be like, oh, if I'm not up, you know, at seven o'clock in the morning, like getting right to work, you know, not hustling as hard as I need to be. Um, I just felt like I wasn't, you know, productive or I just let it ruin my whole day, you know, little things like that, but no judgment. I love that you said that. Well, and also um, the fact of the matter is judgment has to do with ego. It has to do with your own ego. And that ego doesn't always serve you. It may not be, yes, they're all tools that we have gathered in our lifetime. But the reality is, like when you said, when all of a sudden you realized you need to take a walk, your ego has left the building and it has said, hey, Bree, let me see who you are. Let's do something for you. Because working out of ego really in any of it, if you can get past that entrepreneurship, connections, everything is going to be much more authentic. And authentic is going to be able to keep your clients and to keep your spirit up. Yeah, I think authenticity is a word that is used often now. And I love to see that because you're right, because you need to be your true self no matter what. And I think that's one of the big things about social media nowadays is people just show their highlight reels. And it's really hard to you know, share those stories and share that you're going having a hard time. But I think that's where your audience really resonance resonates with you as well, um, is sharing both the ups and downs. Because otherwise, you're actually, if you're only doing the high points, you are trying to manipulate how others are looking at you. And nobody is high all the time. You know, it just isn't. And I guarantee you that people would much rather connect with you. Just like you said, you'd rather use your friend's soap store than some other highly named soap store, you know, rather than like Chanel, whatever, because you don't know them, but you know your friends. Exactly. So I'm guessing you get a lot of referrals for your business. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about how that works or how you kind of build those relationships? So the the first business, the interior design business, people would walk in, see somebody else's job and say, can we have their number? Um, We never advertised one penny. It was always word of mouth. Today, um, I do get referrals from the book that I wrote because it's all about cancer and what to do and my journey and tips and resources. And it shows my coaching. Other than that, the organizations I work for know of me and 
they refer people all the time. Doctors refer me if they have worked with me, like if I've been their patient, because they know what I do and they knew, know the knowledge that I carry. Um, there Sometimes I go to seminars and people learn to know me there. It just appears. And, you know, it's very much when you're on the right track, things appear. They jump right in front of you. And I welcome people. I mean, sometimes, depending on where they come from, I do a sliding scale. Sometimes I don't charge them at all, depending on their circumstances. Because honestly, I'd rather they have the information than shut them out from it. That's an amazing thing, right? Being able to be there and help somebody and not have to charge people if you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, it. I, I can't bear the thought of charging people while they're going through cancer. When they're done and they need to talk about reoccurrence and their fears, et cetera, then it becomes a, it's, it's almost a therapy. It's It becomes a slightly different situation. Is that a big reality for most people that if they beat cancer once that it will come back? There's a good chance. It sort of depends on at what stage they beat it and what they did to beat it. Um, the reality is if they've cut out sugar, it's stage one, they've cut out sugar, they're doing much better, great, it's solved. Eh, that one might come back. Because the reality is there's little cancer cells that are always left behind and they're just looking for a place to slide into and turn into tumors. If they've gone through conventional medicine at stage one or two, there's more of a chance that if it worked, it will stay working. Three or four becomes more difficult, stage three or four, because your body is holding a much bigger load of cancer. And so the chance of getting everything, whether you're doing chemotherapy, whether you're doing complementary medicine, whether you're doing alternative medicine, it's something that you need to monitor kind of for the rest of your life. And to know that if it comes back, that that's okay. You will solve it again. People are so absolutely terrified of it coming back. But honestly, that terror does not help them because we cannot predict the future. And by trying to, or being scared of it, you are upping your levels of cortisol and you are distracted from a joyful life. And a joyful life is going to be worth much more than a frightened life. It is. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people don't realize how stress drastically affects your body. Um, I've done a lot of research into it. Yeah. And it's, you definitely need to you know get out of that as soon as you can, but yeah, it can be really, it can be hard, but yeah, it's and really it's bad for really, your body, right? It's one of the tenants that I live with, which is no stress, no stress, no thank you. I've had to get rid of people who couldn't understand that. I just can't be in that situation because I know how unhealthy it is. And I still am out there. I mean, I'm still full of cancer, so I really know how unhealthy it is. But you need to be able to think clearly. And stress 
crushes curiosity. It does for sure. So one last question for you. Actually, I would like to talk about your book. Um, when did you actually write the book? You wrote the book two years ago, but I renamed it a year ago. And um, it's actually an international bestseller. Yay. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a hundred pages of my journey only because mine was so crazy that it was a way to insert places where I advocated treatments that I did. It was, it was like a roadmap after the roadmap. We have about a hundred pages of tips and resources, all the places I went, all of the things I did, plus a gazillion others. The third section is an interesting section because it's it applies so much for everybody. And that is eight healing practices that you can do in your life, whether it's walking through the woods, exercise, whether it's self-care, whether it's meditation, whether it's community. Um, all of the places that we we started talking about this at the beginning that put you in a place where you can regenerate. And I just spell spell out what they are. That sounds great. And it's a great book. It yeah, I was like, I'm going to have to pick it up. Sounds yeah, it's great. good. <laughs> it's really interesting. Plus, it's funny because I'm funny. <laughs> you know, and if you're going to read a cancer book, you might as well be laughing. All right, you got to have a sense of humor. <laughs> right. Uh, so one last question, and then we'll wrap it up. So what tips do you have for one who want to start, you know, take that leap to start something new? The thing that I would do most is to research what you're doing. And then I would take fear and I would put it on the left. And I mean, you got to open the doors. You know, one one door closes, another one opens. And to have faith that you have the the passion and the power to accomplish what you want to accomplish and not to go into it with ego go into it with authentic feelings about it because that's what people are going to respond to they are well thank you i love that so i have one final question for you what is your favorite book? It's a very silly book. It's called The Tao of Pooh. It's um, it's sort of a Zen version of Winnie the Pooh. And it's amazing. You know, uh, for one example, um, Piglet in this book is going to see the busy bee back soon. It's talking about getting out of your Zen and it labels all of these things into like one word, busy, be back soon. That's where the, he's going. And um, I love that book. Well, I picked up that one as well. My mom is like a huge Winnie the Pooh fan. So I was like, oh, there oh, you go. She'll like this. The Tao of Pooh. T-A-O. T-A-O. Awesome. And how can people connect with you? Uh Great question. So my email is lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, 
at yourdancewithcancer.com. My book is Your Dance with Cancer. My website is Your Dance with Cancer. My Facebook page is Your Dance with Cancer. So as long as they can remember Your Dance with Cancer, they have a good shot of finding me. Awesome. Powerful branding. I love that. Same on all platforms. And I'll have all the links to those in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thank thank you you very much much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Women in Power podcast. Please hit the subscribe and like button to see more episodes. New episodes air every Wednesday morning. So please join our Facebook group, Women in Power, for the latest updates and news about our podcast. 